The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. And the ideas of the world marches on. All the theories, how to fix the economy, what needs to be done, how to erase inequity between classes. It's not the way Jesus taught. The inequity between classes is erased by Christian principles. The sun can be wealthy means that some can help those in the third class, the poor. And the middle class can help the poor also. And help the rich because they provide the labor for what they do have their wealth. The free market is based in really how everything is designed in nature. That I have the freedom and the liberty to produce something and market it that if there's a surplus and everybody's doing it, I won't make it. But if God something feels a need that's in demand, and I make a good living off of that, makes me go search in what needs to serve the common good the most. Much was said over Pope Francis' statement. 
when he was quoted as saying that the private ownership of goods is justified by the need to protect and increase them so that they can serve the common good. They, they put the common good as he's talking about socialism. Not at all. He says the private ownership of goods is justified by the need to protect and increase them. Not in a materialistic way, but it, it can serve the common good. How does it serve a common good? If I make a product or you do something or you give a service or you give a place in an area that has no milk and you've got milk cows and you're selling milk, it serves you because you get the means of exchange to buy cheese or make more cheese or make more milk by what you get in the, in the monetary exchange back to the person who gets the, milk, gets the milk and the person who gets the milk doesn't have it. That's the common good. But the media wanted to misunderstand this message that the Pope was talking about socialism. Not at all. In fact, he goes on and says, business is a noble vocation. It's a vocation. We've always learned this from the saints, the St. Augustine and all the doctors of the church. Work is noble. Work is integrity. We have a whole people have no nobility nor integrity. They get everything from the government. And we got people buying into the lie that they got to do more for us. Up to 47% the last time I checked of the people are getting some kind of government assistance. Did you know we can qualify in our community for food stamps? And probably many other things. We would not dare do that because we're not even hungry. We provide a lot of the food by our own hands. And our integrity and our Christian principles is such that we don't want to be freeloading on something else or somebody. And so Francis saying, work is noble. It's a vocation. And he goes on and says, provided that those engaged in the in in it sees themselves challenged by a greater meaning of life. It's not life in and of itself that you just make money. In fact, the reason I started Caritas, because I was set, by the time I was age 33, for the rest of my life, I felt I was, I was okay. And I realized that I got my house paid for, I got my land paid for, I got my wife, my children, everything. What do I need beyond that? I could travel. And I remember saying the words, why should I continue to feather my own nest? For what? And at 33, that was the decision to start Caritas. To spread Catholicism. Three months later, I was in Medjugorje, and I realized God inspired that to spread Medjugorje. A lot of people get in Medjugorje, and they get in everything else, other ministries. I got in another ministry and got into Medjugorje because I realized <clears throat> that was an impulse to get me to take those steps to make, create Caritas, spread Catholicism, and three months later, I realized, no, it was to spread the message. That's the message I spread to everybody, to Baptists, to non-believers, to, to Muslims. And it was a higher calling God gave me. And I was set because I made the right financial decisions. Never to be in debt. I was free. I wasn't chained. I wasn't tied up with any kind of bureaucracy of debt and the banks and all these things. When God called me, I was able to act. So, for instance, as a noble vocation provided that those engaged in it see themselves challenged by a greater meaning in life, this will enable them to truly serve the common good by striving to increase the goods of this world 
and make them more accessible to all. That does not mean at all what socialism means, that they produce, the government does this, the government does this, they hold all the goods, <clears throat> they provide these things to you, make it more accessible to all. That's totally different. Through, through manufacturing or through production, through volume, you make things more accessible. What is a keystone success note of the largest business in the world, which is Walmart. Several years ago, they passed Exxon. I don't know if they still hold that position, but I imagine they do. Walmart's success was they went and got the products as cheap as they could. And old people said, oh, horrible, horrible China. They're using slave labor. Really? These people benefit. And you know they jump on a train for three days to go make a few dollars a day at some places? We can go harvest something or they can go work in a factory for a few days. And they'll ride three days back on the train with that money because it's so valuable. It's relative. If you have no cash, if suddenly you got cash that you can improve your life and their life is improving, the standard of their life is improving. You can't sit there and say, well, they do something for 90 cents an hour that we do for 15 or $25 an hour. They've been brought out of third world poverty. And their government's telling them all about silver and gold. It's available at the bank. You can walk in any bank in China. At least a year ago you could. When I read about it. And buy gold and silver. Because they want their people to have a wealth. If something collapses, the, the, like us who have put everything in 401ks and everything else, we don't have anything. It's all on paper. So if it collapses, where's your wealth? If it collapses in China... They're strongly encouraging buy silver, buy gold, because if the people are wealthy, the government will be able to tax and get money back. Smart move. But I don't want to go around the world with this. My whole point is socialism doesn't work. Capitalism does. Capitalism and greed does not work. It's got to be bonded to the principles of Christianity. And the best way to safe haven that, to make sure that happens, is that we put the free market unregulated in the hands of the people. And if I see my neighbor producing something, I say, hey, hey, he's doing good. He's, now he's got this, and he's bought more land. He's, his family's doing, oh, they're flying here. You know what you're going to do? You're going to do the same thing. Because he's filling a void, and he's making money and do it. Did you notice, or you, you may not have noticed, but I did because I was in buying a lot of nursery stock, plants and things all across the country. I would go to some areas, and everybody in that whole area the whole countryside would have greenhouses and acres and acres of nursery stock and trees growing. Why? Because I see the neighbor making it. And they, hey, this He's doing better than I am growing okra. He's doing better than I am growing college. So they got into it. You can go to Collinsville. You can go to uh, Loxley, Alabama. Nursery after nursery. I'm talking about some thousand acres. Hundreds of nurseries. You think they got that idea? No, the neighbors saw that and they said they feel the need for the common good. And the more they produced, the cheaper the product got. And I used to send my trucks, my drivers down to Loxley, Alabama, or Tennessee, or Georgia. And I, wherever I went, I didn't just see one uh, nursery operation. It was multiple in that county. In fact, one county in Tennessee was the most wealthiest county for millionaires in the county. I think it, it may be Collins, Tennessee. It's been so long. And the people who had land, they all got in the nursery business. That tractor trailer is coming in and loading up and hauling that stuff out. So socialism, this whole life we've been bought, we've been taught, is very evil. 
very evil. And there is elements in the church to social justice who wholly adopt and promote and speak about socialism. But Jesus never, ever said to take money, for the government to take money out of your pocket and give somebody else. I don't want to give anybody my money to the government. That's my choice. They have no right to come and tell you or anybody else to take a dollar out of your pocket, give it to the government, and they give it to somebody else to help them. And many in the church are guilty of this through social justice. It's socialist justice is really what it is. It's socialism. So this is creeping in and it's being accepted by many in the church and many Christians now. And a lot of it is the more people you get on it, the more they want to vote for their own paycheck. Obama wants to give them something. I vote for him. Man, he's making it for me. I got a cell phone. I got a car. I got everything. I got transportation. I got health care. Doing nothing. You're in sin. These people on welfare, most are able to work. You got a very small minority that do need help. And that's the church's responsibility, not the government's. We've forsaken this. We look to the government for health care. This all started in the church. They were telling the government, you got to do something, do something. Well, what was St. Vincent's Hospital in Alabama here about? What was all the 25% of all health care in the United States to this date is under Catholic auspices, except they filled, it, they filled a need. They filled an economy. It wasn't based, based on a free market of, of a monetary standard, but there was a poverty, impoverishment of people who needed health care that they've met a need, a, a free market. So the nuns started hospitals. And different ministries started these things. You got the Baptist hospitals. But of course, Catholics dominate this. But also, why are we losing that? Because they have given and forsaken this role. But all this calculates to one thing. We're headed towards socialism, and it's not going to work. It's a grave evil, and it's a very serious situation. Why Socialism is on the Rise It took capitalism half a century to come back from the Great Depression. It's taken socialism half that time to come back from the collapse of the Soviet Union. In New York City, avowed socialist Mayor Bill de Blasio has declared that his goal is to take dead aim at the tale of two cities, the gap between the rich and poor. In Seattle, newly elected socialist city council member Kashama Sawant addressed supporters explaining, I wear the badge of socialist with honor. To great acclaim from the left, columnist Jesse Meyerson of Rolling Stone put out a column telling millennials that they ought to fight for government-guaranteed employment, a universal basic income, collectivization of private property, nationalization of private assets, and public banks. The newly flowering buds of Marxism no longer resides on the fringes, not when the President of the United States has declared fighting income inequality his chief task as Commander-in-Chief, not when Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, Democrat from Nevada, has said that the Americas face no greater challenge than income disparity, not when MSNBC, the New York Times, and the amalgamated pro-Obama media outlets have all declared their mission for 2014 a campaign against rich people. Less than 20 years ago, 
former President Bill Clinton, facing re-election, declared the era of big government over. By 2011, Clinton reversed himself, declaring that it was the government's role to give people the tools and create the conditions to make the most of their lives. So what happened? Capitalism failed to make a case for itself. Back in 1998, shortly after the world seemed to reach a consensus on the ineffectiveness of socialist schemes, economists Daniel Jurgen and Joseph Stanislaw wrote that the free market required something beyond mere success. It required legitimacy. But, said Jurgen and Stanislaw, a system that takes the pursuit of self-interest and profit as its guiding light does not necessarily satisfy the yearning in the human soul for belief and some higher meaning beyond materialism. In other words, they wrote, while Spanish communists would die for the word Stalin on their lips, few people would die with the words free market on their lips. The failure to make a moral case for capitalism has doomed capitalism to the status of perennial backup plan. When people are desperate or wealthy, they turn to socialism. Only when they have no other alternative do they embrace the free market. After all, lies about guaranteed security are far more seductive than lectures about personal responsibility. So what is the moral case for capitalism? It lies in recognition that socialism isn't a great idea gone wrong. It's an evil philosophy in action. It isn't driven by altruism. It's driven by greed and jealousy. Socialism states that you owe me something simply because I exist. Capitalism, by contrast, results in a sort of reality-forced altruism. It may not want to help I may not want to help you. I may dislike you, but if I don't give you a product or service you want, I will starve. Voluntary exchange is more moral than forced redistribution. Socialism violates at least three of the Ten Commandments. It turns government into God. It legitimizes thievery, and it elevates covetousness. Discussion of income inequality, after all, aren't about prosperity, but about petty spite. Why should you care how much money I make so long as you are happy? Conservatives talk result when discussing the shortcomings of socialism. They're right. Socialism is ineffective, destructive, and stunting to the human spirit. But they're wrong to abandon the field of morality when discussing the contrast between freedom and control. And it's this abandonment, this perverse laziness, that has led a socialism comeback, even though within living memory we have seen continental economies collapse and millions slaughter in the name of this false god. You don't tell the tale of two cities about the gap between the rich and the poor. You tell the rich God has blessed you with wealth that you might use it for those who lack the necessities of life. This is what the scriptures teach. This is what Jesus taught. This is what the church is supposed to teach. And it does in its principles and its 
dogmas and, and everything that's come down through the ages. St. Augustine on through. But you have people in the church don't. So the church is supposed to teach us. And this is what you're supposed to teach your children. That if you've been given wealth, you've been given means, even if you're middle class, you've got a responsibility to use that. And it's your free will. You don't have to. Nobody can tell you. Christian principles say you have to choose that. The government doesn't have the, viol- the right to violate that and say you have to go give us this money so we can go give it to somebody else. It's wrong. It's within the core of Jesus that you have free will to do that and, and we're supposed to be teaching this. Use what God gave you. Use that wealth to help those who need. And you're the better judge of that than the government. You're better judged to know if your neighbor's house burned down and they don't have insurance or they're making money or they burned it down on themselves or, or they have plenty of money. You know, you know that person and what those needs to be met. And yes, if a house burns down, they need immediate help, place to sleep, somebody to help, somebody help them. And if they have no means, then somebody, those surrounding can see that. You're the best judge of what to do with your wealth and fulfilling your Christian responsibilities. Abraham Lincoln said it best. He said, property is the fruit of labor. Property is desirable. It is a positive good in the world. That some should be rich shows that others may become rich, and hence is an encouragement to industry and enterprise. Let not him who is houseless pull down the house of another, but let him labor, labor diligently and build one for himself, thus by example ensuring that his own shall be safe from violence when built. Abraham Lincoln said this March 21st, 1864. Incredible wisdom. Very scriptural. And it's the keys of how things should be run. Economic-wise, everything's within this. Because we have people now wanting to tear down the house. Those who are houses tear down the house of another. And they will never be guaranteed if they were able to get out of the hole they're in to have some kind of means to keep their house secure because they've already started something in society. And this ball's rolling like a big snowball down the mountain right now. You're not safe. And perhaps this is not perhaps this is why they said go in community. Not to be communistic, not to be Marxist, not to be socialist. Everybody shares everything in common. It's not that way. Everybody, everybody shares here for the common good of everything. We're interested in everybody here. And we join this with a free choice, not a forced choice. Evil socialism stunts the human spirit. And it's evil. And much of Europe is this way. And many places going that way. I cannot even believe that our country's headed in this direction. Frank? Yeah, well, um, capitalism is a system of freedom. And it um, is in line with the Christian principles that this nation was founded on. And uh, socialism, of course, is a system of control. And it, you know, could not, this agenda could not be pushed forward unless faith was attacked first. And so you couldn't have done this in the 50s and 60s or before, but um, you have to take the faith away from the people. So man without faith becomes more animal than man. Uh, it depends on which side you're feeding. If you're 
praying and fasting than the um, the spirit lives. And if you're ignoring those things, then the animal lives. And if you, if you, you know, speaking on community and, and someone asked me about your comments, why would it be selfish? The thought that if, if I said I'm a private person and this is me as a head of household, it'd be very selfish for me to say that I don't want to be in community when men are becoming more animal without prayer and I have a responsibility to keep my family safe and protected. I have to look into nature and see what nature um, finds a strong herd for the survival, and predatory animals find a strong herd for um, to be able to catch their prey. And so uh, community is necessary now for survival as we move away from Christian, Christian principles and ideas and move towards into these principles of control that that favor those in power that have an agenda for control, to control the masses and, um, and become gods. Uh, you know, um, so they want to socialism God. is a God. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, that's what it's meet my needs, not God. The whole principle of what this show starts with Matthew six, what I said to read every Thursday, that whole principle is look to God to provide you. If you don't worry about what I'm to eat, what I'm provided. We don't know that we've never had the race called the human race in a position to be so far from his ability to meet his own needs and take care of himself. We've got a surrogate system that does it through a monetary system that's very, very evil, that's corrupt. It's not a free market. It's all manipulated, regulated, and taken over. But that promise of the Scriptures to meet our needs... We don't know when the secrets are released, what's going to happen. But if God fed the 5,000, we may be seeing miracles like that. Or nobody's going to survive. Even people can sustain themselves to, to a large degree. We're not set up to completely do it. And so what will happen in the future, we may see miracles that make more people believe in Our Lady. Convert all the Muslims. Convert all the non-believers. Convert the Jews. Something's going to happen. Our lady's not here for a a partial conversion of of people. She's here, what she said and told us, and revealed something incredibly grand in 2007 on June 25th when she said, God desires to convert the entire world. So maybe manna will be provided for us in some way or another. We don't know, but we're going to see miracles. Our lady told us, if you follow me, you'll see miracles in everyday life. We see that. And so we know the future is going to have to contain some of that. That doesn't mean it's going to be an easy ticket. Are we all going to be like, uh, as what Ruth just got to reading, lazy? What did the words say on that? Uh, perverse laziness? laziness. That, yeah, perverse laziness. That's what the, this whole thing leads to. And so we have a perverse laziness in this culture that you owe me simply because I exist. No, that's not the case. Get out and work. St. Paul said that. Let him, let him who does not work not eat. Let him go hungry. That's their choice not to work. And there's consequences of that. There's a second little thing I wanted to read about, to read real quick, just about the, the silver. It was, it was sent out by a blog. 
And uh, it just explains the Marcus Magical Round. I thought it was really good. Silver is my sole investment for the past half decade. I just don't have time for imbecile brokers or kamikaze day trading, etc. But I only trade the Miraculous Medal Medjugorje Medallion because, one, the $1.50 strike price is the lowest of any specialty coin medallion round in the world. Two, the .999 fine silver in 1, .50, .25, and .10 ounce sizes for every occasion. Three, Trade executed at spot, same day. Check wire clears their bank. Four, delivered to my door insured by the postman within give or take 12 days in easily storable plastic containers. Five, religious medallion, not money or any specie thereof, so the government can't confiscate or tax it. Six, Wild fluctuations in the price of silver, $18 to $48, averaged with monthly purchases in the amount that otherwise disappear into the black hole of a 101K account. What's not to like? Frank? Well, no, I didn't write it, but <laughs> I, I love it. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, um, study... Uh, uh, hyperinflation, and that's why China is doing these things because um, once this this snowball gets rolling, um, it, all that matters is what you have that is real, and um, no one can make money off selling silver, even silver and gold. And you know, there's there's no quarterly fees to to manage it. Um, once you have it, you have it, you own it, and you can understand logically. When you have a global fiat money scam, that uh, these would be the most undervalued assets on the planet. Gold maintains its value um, because of its nature, because it's always backed money, and uh, and central banks and, and governments need it. Silver's just forgotten in these times, and so now we're beginning to have uh, a situation of inventories disappearing. We had inventories building. Uh, you know, um, in 2013, and uh, and now inventory SLV is having outflows. Uh, the Comex is having outflows. Um, J.P. Morgan is buying massive amounts of physical gold. I think 64,000 ounces a day. Um, and and so something's going on. It, it, this grab for the real metal, and um, and it puts it puts our, our our fiat money system in grave danger, and it puts the inevitable event of hyperinflation, uh, you know, right over the horizon. And so, um, you know, these are the times uh, when you prepare, because um, even for a miracle, without faith, it's impossible even for God to do the miracle. Jesus couldn't do miracles in, in Nazareth, because faith releases the miracle, and, and so... Um, this is well, where the, is your faith? Where is your God? And that's the, the people put in four one ks. We 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 read a couple three weeks ago, an astounding thing that that to manage you just you're just talking about manage the money. So you don't have to manage. No, you don't have to pay anybody to manage your silver. You own it. You got it physically, or your gold. You got that physically. All the other money things, the the four one ks, they manage that. 
and they get 2% per month management on that money. And so to manage that money of $100,000, if I understand that correctly, what we read three or four weeks back, Wall Street got $3.7 million plus for managing your $100,000, of which you will get after paying taxes and penalties to get it out, $63,000 if it's over a 50-year period. Amazing thing. And you want to keep that? You want to stay there? And do you think if they're making that kind of money off just that one account, that they're not going to push this at the banks, they're not going to push it in advertisement with the employment, holy 401k, the news agencies make press releases, oh, 401k, you got to have 401k, oh, I got my 401k. People talk so proudful about this. And, and, and in some ways they're proud. Yeah, I got my 401k, yeah, I've got my 401k, I'm planning, I'm planning for my retirement 401k. Look into the untruth of it. It's not free market. Nothing of the likes. This is a magician game. Making you think one thing and hiding something else. And so this can't last. It's not going to be. The best thing you can do is exit out of it as soon as possible. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can reach us toll-free, 877-936-7686. Our email is globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. And the phone number again is 877-936-7686. Any last quick comment? Yeah, more and more people are becoming aware of these things. And that you, you see more and more people every day saying, there's just no, there's no exit to this, uh, to this fiat money. Where do you go from here? And this is a very dangerous situation. And with the outflows of um, gold and silver we're seeing, um, you know, uh, the, the Bible tells us clearly that uh, it's going to happen very qu- quickly. In, in one hour, their wealth was brought to nothing. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's coming. these are times to prepare. And I, I want to end, don't, I don't want to end the show without addressing this statement that we made last week, I think, about selfishness for those people who don't want to join community. You were just saying something about an elderly couple or something that might not want to join community. If you physically can't, that's one thing. But if you're making a choice, well, I don't want to go to the community because I don't want to lose my privacy. I don't want to give up certain freedoms. It's your choice. But it's not the right choice because all these calls in the community. And those motivations are based in selfishness because being community does require an unselfish spirit. But what you get back in return pays back because to give self always has a return. To be selfish has no return. And so... We, we wouldn't let just anybody in our community. We can't take a couple of 70 years old in our community. It sap a lot of the energies out of it. At the same time, people that we live here, we grow in the 70s and we got, we take care of them. We had a responsibility for that. So it's not that everybody out there has to go in the community because some physically can't because of where they are. They may be on the deathbed. But there is a lot of people out there that can but they don't want to take those steps because it's going to cost them something. But I can tell you from our experience, the payback is grand. And the payback is very powerful and beautiful to a way of life. That said, I'd like to end with Winston Churchill. He said, the vice of capitalism is the unequal sharing of wealth. The virtue of socialism is the equal sharing of misery. And that's where we're headed. 
Until next time, we wish you our lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.